0: Now, we're still doing our study on how to win others to Christ, and we're still looking at how to win others to Christ is to have an answer to questions, and we're going to talk about more answers to these questions. We need to have all the answers we can get. But look at Colossians chapter 4, verse 6. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. So we're out there. The Word of God says Paul tells us that you need to let your speech be always with grace. When you're, willing, when you're witnessing to somebody, when you're dealing with somebody about Jesus Christ, show some grace. The, the kicking you see up here sometimes when I'm preaching is not the kicking I am when I'm witnessing. That's why it was like Sunday I was talking about dealing with the Jehovah's Witness lady. You'll hear me kick Jehovah's Witnesses. You'll hear me say all kinds of stuff. And I, I get really opinionated. But when, I, when I'm one-on-one, I try to show a lot of grace. Because I know the Lord loves them. Amen? And a lot of times when I say when I point out like a Jehovah's Witness, or I say something about the Mormons, or, or, or just whatever it is, a lot of times I'm talking about the system. Like when I talk about the government, I'm not talking about your uncle that works up at, up at, at Washington, D.C., if you have an uncle. I'm talking about the whole system is trash. So, And some people, they just get real offended. I, but when I'm off from the pulpit, I try to show as much grace as I can, and let your speech be always with grace, always. We need to have always have grace. And understand that by the grace of God, there go I. If it wasn't for God's grace, we would be just in the condition they're in. Right? Amen? And we're seasoned with salt. What does that mean, seasoned with salt? Colossians chapter 4, verse 6. Seasoned with salt. What does salt do? Salt enhances the flavor. Right? So your, your grace, when you're talking to somebody, it's okay to be, it's okay to be colorful. Be salty, salt, When you pour salt in the wound, what does it do? It burns. So you're going to burn people. You're going to have people that don't like it. But you be be cur- cur- the worst thing you can be is monotone. Just blah, blah 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 blah. Yeah, I like Jesus. He did so much for me. You know it is, No, no. You know it's nothing wrong with saying, Hey, Jesus Christ is everything. That my, Jesus Christ, my whole life. And when you're when you're given that graceful, salty testimony. We're supposed to be the salt of the earth, amen, according to Jesus Christ. You're, you're not only, you're not only uh, being colorful, enhancing everything around you, but you are also can pour, pour it in the wound. You can burn some people. So we know that. You know people get offended. But also salt purifies. It, it preserves. It purifies and it preserves. It says, season with salt that you may know how you ought to answer every man. You should know how to answer every man. And that's what we're doing these last two Wednesday nights, we're looking at how we should answer every man when they give us a question. All right, so we're going to mo- go on to another question. Another question. Here's another question that I've been given a lot. You might hear this a lot. If you start witnessing to anybody, This is especially coming from atheists, this is what they'll ask you. Why does God allow evil? Why does God allow evil? If God is good, why does he allow evil to happen? Now, I've had that happen a lot. I've had that question asked to me a lot. If God, if, if God is so good, why does He allow evil? If God's love, why does He allow evil? Why does God allow evil to happen to people, to little kids? Oh, it's always about evil, and they, they focus on evil. And we know we're living in an evil world, but we know that God is love, and we know that God uh, has grace and love, and, and shows us through Jesus Christ. Look at Second Peter chapter three. We're going to answer this with the Bible verse. Second Peter chapter three verse nine. And then we'll talk about this. 2 Peter chapter three, verse 9. And here's a simple answer, and then we'll get into it a little deeper. Now remember what I teach, and I believe this is with all my heart, if, if you give some verse that doesn't really relate to what they're asking you, that's okay. give them that verse. Give them the Bible verse. It, <laughs> If they say, if they ask you, why does God allow evil? And you say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. If you quote John three sixteen Adam, they'll probably look at you like, that doesn't answer it. But you know what happens at night when they're laying in bed? They're hearing John three 16. I'm telling you, you, you can't go wrong. Just make sure you're going to you give them the Bible. And this is the closest thing I can, I, I can really show somebody quickly. Look at 2 Peter, I'd say, t- look at 2 Peter 3.9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men, count, men, some men count slackness, but it's long-suffering. God is long-suffering. God allows evil. He allows it because he's a long-suffering. He's a, he's a graceful God. You understand what that means? That means that God could get rid of it, but he doesn't. Why? Because the truth is, everybody's evil in their own way. Everybody does evil things. And that's going back to my next question I'm going to ask. But really, honestly, everybody has done evil in their life. If it may, I'm not saying you've killed somebody, but what is evil? Is it evil to steal? Most people say yes, amen. Is it evil to lie? I doubt there's very few of us in here who could raise their hand and say, I've never told a lie my entire life. But God is long-suffering. What am I trying to say? If you want God to get rid of evil, what if he decided to start with you first? But you don't, right? I mean, when they ask that question, you say, why does God allow evil? Well, let's let's assume God doesn't. What if he decided to get rid of you first? You're evil. You've done evil things. But the point is, man, they, they put evil, evil is like murder and rape, and then lying and stealing, that's not as evil. But see, it's all evil in God's eyes. It's all sin, it's all evil. And he's long-suffering. But here's the real truth here. But it's long-suffering to usward, not willing, that's the key word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The reason why sin is running, and why God allows evil is because he gives us a free choice. The reason God allows evil is because he gives us free choice. It's called free will. We're not robots. God created us so we could have free will. In other words, we have to choose to do good or to do bad, to do good or to do evil, or to do evil or do bad. And we get to choose. We get to choose every day. How's that? God's, God's not doing it. We're doing it. But you're trying to blame God. You say, well, God could stop it, couldn't he? Yeah, he could. But number one, he's long-suffering. And number two, he's given us a free choice he's not, that willing, see that willing in there? God's willing that all, that he's not willing any should perish. Does everybody get saved? No. Do do people perish? Go to hell? Yes. I thought it was God's will that they didn't. It is God's will that they don't. But because he's given us a free will, a man, even though God wants them to go to heaven, a man can choose to say, I don't want to go to heaven, I want to go to hell. I've had a man tell me that. So the point is, the reason why they're, one of the reasons why there's evil in the world is because God's long-suffering and He's given us a free choice. The greatest gift God gives you is free will. You have a will, you have a choice to believe and love Jesus Christ or not believe. It's your choice. But that all should come to repentance. So uh, the, the answer to that question is really that God's given us a free choice. Now to follow that up, evil, what is evil? Evil is sin for man. Right? Romans chapter 5. That, this tells us where it comes from. If you, if you want to turn there, I'll read that to you. Romans chapter 5 verse 12. So, evil is just sin and sin is in man. The reason why God allows evil is because He allows man. You see where I'm going with this? The reason God allows evil is because He puts up with man. Because man is evil. And the reason man is evil is because he's got sin. So God allows sin because he's allowing man. That shows you God's love for man. Even if it means man makes a choice to do something to somebody that's evil. Now these are questions that we're not all going to understand until we get to heaven. And we're going to get a little deeper into this. Because this, is really a, this, this question gets asked to me a lot. About God, being, God allowing evil. I can't. I say this, and it it hurts people when I say this. When somebody wakes up, and they get told by their doctor that day that they have cancer, it's not that that the devil ran in there and gave that person cancer, and God had his back turned, and God turned around and said, Oh no, Keegan has cancer today. Oh no, I didn't know that was going to happen. Look what Satan did to Keegan. God knows everything. God knows what I have, and God allowed it. What do you do then? All you can do is ask God for healing, keep praying, and know that you're saved. And that this, this world isn't it. And a lost man or a lost woman can't see it. See, we got eyes that are heavenly bound. So what I, I know this is all the evil here is going to be judged. But I also know that if a person's evil and they repent and can turn to Jesus Christ, they'll have a new home waiting for them in heaven. This, is a, this world we're living in is as close to heaven as lost people are going to get. This is their heaven. But this is as close to hell as you're any of y'all going to get. Amen? This is hell for you. It don't get worse than this for you. That's it. From here on out, after you take your last breath, it gets better and better for eternity. So God's allowing evil because He's doing a plan. He's working. He works in men's lives. He works in women's lives. He works in little kids' lives. I've seen some evil things happen, and God turn it to good. But the reason why evil happens is found in Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Remember, what, we, what you try to do is you try to give them verses. You try to give them Bible. Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Wherefore is by one man sin entered into the world? Who's that one man? That'd be Adam. And death, and death by sin, the reason we die is because of sin. And so death pass upon all men, for that all have sinned. We're all sinners. We're all evil. God allows evil because He allows man. And if you're going to have man around, if you're going to have man around and you're long-suffering, a man's run around this world, he's going to do evil things. But see, if you don't believe in God, then that man that does evil is never going to be judged for it. That man that raped that woman, that man that killed that person and got away with it, they're going to get away with it. They're going to go underground the and that's it if you don't believe in God. But see, the God I know and the God of this Bible says, one day He's going to stand He's going to answer for that sin. He's a just God. So this evil you're seeing, yeah, you're mad about it? Yeah, I don't think that sh- it's right. Well, get, well, just hang on. God's long-suffering. You just hang on. There's going to come a day God's going to take care of every bit of that evil that you don't like. But if you don't believe in God, they're never going to get their payment. Now see, when I say that, we're like, amen. But if you're a lost man or woman, you should say, uh-oh. Why? Because that means God's going to call you before Him, and you're going to pay for your sin. Amen. Amen. What, what, what am I trying to say to you? You're a sinner. You're evil just like all these other people you're pointing your finger at are evil. And God's going to judge you like He's going to judge them and you can't stand what do I do. Romans chapter 6 verse 23. Here's what you do. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Take Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It's a free gift. See... They want to catch us with these questions. These questions, is this a way for them to dodge what they really know they should do, which is receive Jesus Christ? And what you're trying to do is say, hey, I agree with you. It's evil, and God's allowing evil. Well, why is He allowing evil? Because He's given us a free choice. But see, one day God's going to judge every bit of evil you see. He's going to judge it. And we're going to have to answer for it. That's why I know, me knowing I'm evil, I asked Jesus Christ to save me. He washed me. He cleansed me. He gave me the free gift of God, which is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. If you've noticed, if you don't know the book of Romans, study it. Read it. If you say, I don't do much Bible reading, Brother Keegan. Okay. I can understand the Bible can be dry in some places. If you do anything, read a chapter of Romans a day. Read through it. Every day, read a chapter. You know what happens when you get through with that? Go back and read it again and read it again. Read it until you can understand it and you know it. Because you're noticing a lot of these questions that I'm answering are coming straight out of Romans, the verses. And if you know, because Romans tells you, hey, we're sinners, we all fall, fall short, we need Jesus Christ... Adam's the one that brought it in. Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Jesus Christ is the one that's going to bring it out. Romans chapter 5, I think it's verse 16. He's going to give you that free gift. So it's all right in there, brothers and sisters. The good question is, if you want God to get rid of evil, what if he started with you? That's a good question. But here's, here's an honest question. And this is one to, this is one to meditate on too. And this is all under the same blanket. This is all under the same blanket about why does God allow evil? The question is, sometimes what you can do when somebody asks you a question is you can get them back, because Jesus Christ did this a lot. Jesus Christ will get them back, back by asking them a question. And he'd stump them with the question. So if somebody says, what, why does God allow evil? Your question should be, what is evil? What do you call, what do you, how do you define evil? Right? The Bible warns us in Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20, Beware, woe unto them that call good evil and evil good. Right? So the Word of God tells us that there's some people that call evil good and good evil. There's things that God calls evil that the world nowadays calls good. Can I at least get an amen on that? Amen. We know that. We know that God says in His Word, that's evil, that's evil, that's evil. And the world, we turn on the TV and they say, oh, that's good, that's good, that's good. And what we know is good, wholesome, holy, true. The world says evil, evil, bigotry, bigotry. You're a bigot. You're a Bible thumper. You're evil. So God warned us in Isaiah 520, woe unto them that call good evil and evil good. What is evil? So when somebody says, why does God allow evil? Why does God allow this evil to happen? Well, what is evil? What is evil to you? Because what you think, what used to be evil even 20 years ago is not evil anymore, amen? It used to be evil for a man and a man to get married. It was against the law in America. It, there were... 30 years ago, there were still laws. Now, they didn't enforce them, but there were still laws on the books that homosexuality was a death penalty. They would kill you for that. There were still laws. Now, they didn't, they didn't, of course, they didn't enforce them, but you see where I'm going with this? Is, is what, what do you call an evil? What society calls evil? What you're calling good yesterday? Ten years ago, it was evil for a man to be with a young boy sexually. Do you know today that there's lots and lots of people starting to say that's good? There's nothing wrong with that? Some of this might be surprising to you. It's coming. You can't, where I'm going with this is simply this you cannot have evil without good. And the reason why you have good is because there's a good God. In other words, when you're, when you're calling something evil, it's because you know that there's good. And the reason why you know that there's good is because we have a good, holy God. that We're, 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 we're mirroring that, and we, when we see that mirror, we know, hey, that's good. This isn't good. This is evil. And if you're an atheist, the only way you know good and evil is because there's a God. That's it. If I was an atheist, why would I care what I did to any of y'all? Honestly, if I was an atheist and I didn't believe there was a God, I didn't believe I was ever going to answer, why would I care if I stole, cheated, beat up, robbed? Why would I care? As long as I didn't get caught, right? Well, what if the laws changed and said it's okay to steal? Is, that, is, is stealing still evil? Most people say, yeah, well, what if the law says it's not? You'll see where I'm going with this? They have a, when they don't have a God, they have no evil to point to stand on. You say, well, what do you mean evil? You don't even believe in evil. Yeah, I do. No, you don't. There is no evil. Evil's whatever you think evil is. Guys, if you were interested in this subject, and maybe I'm not doing a good job of trying to hammer it home. Frank Turek's got this book out called Stealing from God. And in this book, he kind of describes what I'm talking about. How these people, these atheists and uh, agnostics, they steal from God to try to prove their point. And you got to have a God to have a lot of these points that they're trying to... Oh, I don't believe in... because uh, God is evil. Well, there's no evil. If you don't believe in God, there is no such thing as evil. Would it be evil for me to chase Gary down and eat him tonight? <laughs> well, what if I was a dog... And you see some dog chase down some rat and eat a rat. Is that evil? Well, if the rat thinks it's evil, amen. <laughs> but the dog says that's a good meal. You see where I'm going with this? And for nothing but animals, what does it make what difference we do? But if you have a God, it makes a big difference, amen. Evil's evil. What is evil? It's whatever somebody wants to define it as. That's the scary part. Turn to Genesis chapter 5, or Genesis chapter 50. Y'all turn here. If you have your Bibles open, turn to here. Genesis chapter 50. This is important to know, these verses here. Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. Uh, Somebody might ask you, why does God allow evil? If God is good, why does He allow evil to happen? That's a good question. But only if you're a believer. If you're not a believer in Jesus Christ or in God, then what... Why are you talking to me about evil? What difference does it make? If you're an agnostic or atheist, you can't ask me that question with a straight face because you don't have a God. I mean, what difference? what's, What's evil? You're calling good evil and calling evil good. You don't you don't even know the different definition of evil. But here's the point. For, and, and this question has been asked me by Christians. Why does God allow evil? And I, I understand, guys. Brothers and sisters, I understand why you would ask this. Because you see evil in the world. You see bad things happen. And you're like, why did God allow that? Why did God allow that to happen? Well, look at Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. Now, Joseph was beaten by his brothers thrown into a pit, was going to be murdered, they, ch- they changed their mind, they decided to sell him off into slavery, he went off into slavery, no, no cause of his own, he got sold in slavery, was in slavery for years, was, was moving up, was doing the right thing, got accused of rape when he didn't do anything, got thrown in prison for years and years. Where's God at? He's right where he's always been, up in heaven. Where's Joseph at? Down in the deepest part of the dungeons. <laughs> What did Joseph do? According to the Bible, Joseph did absolutely nothing wrong. Why did God allow that evil? Why? Well, he says, Genesis chapter 50, verse 20, But as for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good, to bring to pass as it is this day, to save much people alive. Joseph said, all that evil you did against me, you were doing all that evil, and all that evil came across me, against me, You know, everybody meant it for evil, but God said, I'm going to use it for good. And Joseph was raised out of prison, and he saved half the world from famine. (laughs) And all of Israel, one man. But he had to suffer through all the evil. So sometimes God brings evil into a man's life, and evil happens, but God is working out a plan to turn it into good. I've seen it over and over it, I, over and over and over again. I know we're up on Facebook, but I'll tell you this. The reason why my brother-in-law is coming here at this church is because his, his little baby daughter passed away of cancer. Because when his little baby daughter passed away of cancer, he wasn't a believer and he came to me and he said, why did God take my baby? So we talked to, I talked to him. We, we talked about the Bible. We talked about the Word of God. He ended up receiving Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And now... He's a good Christian man trying to do the right thing. Comes into church every Sunday he's off. He's in here at this church. What's the difference? Something evil happened in his life and God turned it to good. Where's his baby daughter at today? She's up in heaven. The law, she's not being held accountable, she's not under the law. She's up in heaven. Because she sacri- God allowed her to sacrifice her life so her dad will get to spend eternity with her up in heaven. What if God would allow that baby to live and he never got saved? See, we can't, we're not good like God and God works it out for the good. You say, well, that's kind of evil, him doing that to that little girl. This is the God that allowed his own son to die for you. That's this God. His own son got beat, whipped, had those crown of thorns put on his forehead. And that, that son of God had done nothing wrong. And he did all that because we're evil. And he loved us enough to try to do that so we can have a way into heaven. That's the God we're talking about. So when you see evil things happen to people, and evil things do happen to people, sometimes you've got to back up and say, Okay, God, are you trying, where are you going to get the glory out of this? When my mom was dying at 44 years old of cancer, there were people that definitely thought that. She's so young. Her kids are so young. She's dying of cancer. It's so, it's so why would God do that? Well, God used that to raise me up to be a pastor. The reason I'm standing here tonight is because my mom passed away at a young age. And when mama the night the night my mom passed away, I held her in my arms. I laid her back down. I walked outside, opened up the door. I looked up at all the stars and I said, "Okay, God, I give up. I couldn't take it anymore." And then God could use me, and He's been using me. What is for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good. So yeah, there's evil in the world, but you know what? God's an amazing God, and He can, do, he can turn it to good. I'm not even going to begin to tell you all things happening in my life that God's turned from evil to good. But if you want to know, I'm not going to do it on Facebook. I'll, I'll let you know. I'll tell you after church. Some of it might surprise you. Look at chapter 45, verse 7. Genesis chapter 45, verse 7. So God's working. God can even work in the evil. God can work in the evil. Evil things happen and God works. Uh, Genesis chapter 45 verse 7. A God, and this is Joseph again talking. When he, re, when he has a reunion with his brothers, he's revealed to his brothers, this is what he says, and God sent me before you to preserve you, a posterity in the earth, and to save your lives by great deliverance. So now it was not you that sent me hither, he said, you're not the one that sold me into captivity and did all this evil to me, but God... And he had made me a father to Pharaoh and lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. So Joseph, he went through all of that evil, and he says at the end, he said, hey, you guys didn't send me down here to Egypt. God did. He's given God the glory. So sometimes evil things can happen in your life, and you need to back off and say, God, how, how are you going to get the glory out of this? You know, brother... Uh, Brother Trevor passed away at 18. He passed away right about on his 18th birthday. We, 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 uh, we had his funeral there. The, the funeral home was full of young people. Almost the whole early independent was there. Just full of young people. And I preached Jesus Christ. I preached Jesus Christ for salvation. And I've always wondered, how, God, are you going to get the glory out of Trevor passing away? Because I know Trevor's in heaven. He's saved. You know what, Trevor? When I talked to him before he days before he passed away, he said, I'm not not afraid of dying. I'm not afraid of dying. I mean, he was one of the strongest men I've ever met. But the point was, God's going to get the glory. And I'm kind of waiting to see. Maybe one of those young men will will raise up and be a pastor. Maybe one- you never know. God knows. And it was years after what happened to Joseph before. He was sent away before God raised him up. So why does God create evil? God just gets good out of evil. Look at Romans chapter eight. One more, Romans chapter eight. I'm focusing on this one, guys, and and spending so much time tonight because this is one of the main ones you're going to get. And you can just it it, it, it'll come in the form of why did uh, God take my baby? Why did? uh, Why does God allow evil? Why does God allow people to get raped and murdered? Why does God allow serial killers? It goes on and on and on. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. There's your verse right there. Do you believe that verse? Let's read it again. We know that all things, that's all evil things, all good things, all things that happen in your life, work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. Brothers and sisters, as Christians, we know that whatever happens in our life, God's working in our lives. Whatever evil might be coming, whatever evil has happened, God's going to work it out for good. Do you believe that? Amen. Well, I I believe it. I believe it. I thank God for it. You know, I, sometimes I thank God for illness. I'm talking about me personally. I thank God for illness because you know what happens when I'm sick? I get very humble. And when I'm running along and I'm healthy and things are going good, I tend to get, start living worldly, start living in the world, start living in the world. But when I get sick, start getting sick, and that's when I'll turn my eyes to God, get closer to the Lord, just get this flesh under control. People think that's evil, and sometimes that's, that's for my own personal good. Anybody have any questions about that question there? Because that's the main one you're going to get. Why does God allow evil? Alright, let's do a pop quiz. I don't want to keep y'all long tonight because y'all, y'all are so patient with me. So, anybody? This pop quiz is different. You know, I've been hammering y'all with pop quiz, so now I'm going to allow y'all, if y'all, if y'all think of one, have thought of one, I'm going to allow y'all to give me the pop quiz. And ask me a question that a lost man or woman might ask, and see if I can answer it or try to come up with an answer. Does anybody have one tonight? Yeah, yes, sir. I think the mine uh, God some people and some people he Right. Yeah, we don't know His will. You know, that's one I pray said, the Lord willing. And uh, sometimes because... Uh, there are, I believe sometimes, brother, that when a per, because his question is, why does God heal some people and sometimes He doesn't heal some people? I know some really, really, really good people that are laying in a grave today. Now their souls up in heaven, but their body's in the grave. Way too young. And I know some really, really, really wicked people that are still alive. Number one, I think, well, God wants them more than we do. God wants them up in heaven. They actually got out early. And the wicked people. God's long suffering; He wants them saved. He's going to allow them to live old because they're not saved, and He's giving them every chance to get saved. That's one reason I think. Now, here's another thing, brother. Uh, look at Isaiah chapter. Look at Isaiah chapter fifty-three, I believe. I might have just lie to you, but let me let me find it. Might be Isaiah fifty-one. gotta find it Um, yeah Isaiah 57 excuse me Isaiah 57 1 let me give you a verse this might help this might help you help you out somebody uh, and this is about somebody dying young like this this is a good one for somebody who dies young a child a young teenager and you might ask why did God take them why did God let them die and then somebody else live and they died so young look at Isaiah chapter 57 verse 1 this verse says the righteous perisheth And no man layeth it to heart. And merciful men are taken away, none considering that the righteous is taken away from the evil to come. So that verse says God's telling Isaiah... Hey, the reason why the righteous are dying is because they're they're dying from the evil to come. What God was saying is, I'm letting these people die because I'm about to destroy this whole area. And I'm actually doing them a favor by letting them pass away and go on to heaven early because I'm about to bring all H-E-L-L on this area right here. And they're never considering that the righteous is taken away from the evil to come. There is some evil going to come on them. So, what I, I've, I've had as a minister, what I've had to say, like when a, a young teenager passed away, I always say, Well, the Lord took them but while they were young, while they were still pure. You never know what evils to come on. Them. What if that kid was to live to be 30 years old and have some horrible form of cancer, suffer and die, or die in some horrible way? Or, and I know we don't like to think this way, but what if that kid was to live to be 30 years old and perform some evil act that was. They performed the evil act. And God, knowing all things, sees, hey, when they're 30 years old, they're going to be doing this. And for whatever reason, God doesn't like it, and he goes in and takes them young. Now, that's just a verse I've used before. I've used this on a man who lost his son in a bad car wreck, and it really meant a, man, a, man a lot to that guy. Now, Some people might not, might not mean nothing to him, but that's the verse I've used. Anybody else have a question that they think a lost man or woman might ask? Yeah, Yeah, and what, the, an, the answer to that, brother, I know you're not going to hear this, but I've got that prepared next week. <laughs> yeah. I'm not trying to shirk you. I promise you I'm not trying to get around. I could give you the verses right now, but it's all in Isaiah. Is that in Isaiah, Revelation 19? Well, there's some in Psalms 22. If, you was gonna, if somebody say, well, what makes a Bible prophecy? What makes it true? I'd say, look at Psalm 22, look at Isaiah 65, 66. And, and we'll, we're gonna go all we're gonna go over those next week. I have that prepared. I didn't get that far. I was gonna go over that tonight, brother. But you can tell I'm already run long. No, no, that's true. that's a good one. That's what I mean. That's a good question. And I knew y'all would ask that. That's why I was I have that prepared. And that'll give me time to study all week. No. Okay. Who who do y'all? Anybody else y'all want to uh, ask? Anybody? Any other question y'all want to ask? Y'all are being awfully kind to me. After all the pop quizzes I give y'all, y'all don't want to embarrass me in any way. Well, he did do something to fix it. He did do something to fix it. His name is Jesus Christ. He's fi- He's in the, He's on the long end. So you want to fix immediately, but Jesus Christ is the long end answer. Like uh, the the problem with what is what you just named? You named COVID and cancer and uh, all of that's death. So Romans chapter six, verse twenty three, the wages of sin is death, right? But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So I would turn you to Romans chapter 6 and say, Yeah, yeah the reason why all that's happening, COVID and all that, really to the, 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 the boil it all down is it's all death. And the Jesus Christ, I mean, God's answer to that is Jesus Christ. He's eternal life. And he say, well, how do you know He's the answer to life? Because He went down in the grave and He came up the third day. And He gives you that free gift, so... The answer to that is Jesus Christ. Now, we're, the reason why COVID and cancer and all that's happening is because of Romans chapter 5, verse 12. For by one man sinned in the world, death by sin, all men have sinned. So it's all about sin. It's sin. I mean, you might not believe what I may believe about COVID, but I believe COVID is man-made. Amen. That's what I believe. By the Chinese. Well, who? It's man-made. Most of this stuff is man-made. A lot of the cancers we have is by man there's no telling how much this electricity is causing cancer. We still don't know. Who knows? But, it's, but boil, it, boil it down without getting into some deep discussion with you. It's sin. And God does have an answer. The, answer the, the, the antidote to COVID, to cancer, to any other sin, the antidote is Jesus Christ. He's the answer. All right, anybody have any other questions? So, the Bible question, like, where's that in the Bible? Well, like if David didn't make David or his father a punishment, his punishment was going to be later on through his kids? His punishment was going to be later on through his kids? So, like in like you're like you're saying, like in Exodus chapter 20, where God says, "I'll curse thee for from this generation, the to, to, to generation, to generation." Well, that's a generational curse. Like you see that happening over in Africa, Ethiopia, where the, every family's born into poor. They rejected God, have rejected God for years, so every family's born poor. Every family they have, they don't have running water. That's that's a generational curse. we 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 brother, we're living off the blessings of our forefathers. The reason why we have running water, electricity, and things, because we had God-fearing people that created this nation, and we're still living off those blessings. And re- they, so that's a that's a nas- that's like a national blessing and a national curse. It's not an individual curse, and but it can be in a sense that th- th- w- you might individually be dealing with it, but every individual answers to God separately. Like a, a Ethiopian living in Africa, he might be they might be he might be dealing with no running water poor food, no agriculture, because his forefathers have been worshiping rocks. But that doesn't mean he can't come to God and get saved, right? He can still receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. but he's still under that same kind of curse, unless he can get out. And he can come over here to America where we're under a blessing because our forefathers were doing the right things. But now, our forefathers aren't doing the right. Our fathers right now are not doing the right things, amen? So now, you know America's going to get cursed. And I think COVID is the first sign of it. The inflation is another sign of it. The, it's it's going to get worse and worse, because we're not we turn our back on God. Righteousness exalted the nation; sin is a reproach to any people. So, uh, to answer your question, yeah, I mean, I, I, God's not cursing them like damning them, like damning them to hell, but He is cursing them as 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 a people, as a nation. Does that make sense? Like He's saying your your family's going to be cursed, and some of that you're, you're talking about, like in Exodus, and some of that Solomon and David. Would, would relate back to uh, God dealing with a nation. Like, your, your people are not going to be ruling on this throne. A lot of Saul's curses were your son and Jokana, Jokahana, whatever. He, your, your son's not, he's not ruling anymore. That doesn't mean that he was not going to be able to eat and go to hell, but he's just not going to rule. Like, he, they'd, God would curse them that way. But a lot of those curses is, is directly aimed at Israel, not at, not at the Gentiles and not at us as Christians. Like, a lot of, like I'll curse you if you do this, I'll bless you if you do that. A lot of that stuff is, uh, is Deuteronomy, aimed straight directly at a Jew. And then, of course, Second Chronicles, chapter 36, they got their head cut off. They got run out of Israel, got run off the land, everything got destroyed, they got killed, a lot of them got killed. And we're we'll going to talk about that next week, because the question is, why is God of the Old Testament so mean and hateful and a killer and God of the New Testament's all love? I'll answer that question next week. Any others? Does that answer your question, or did, did I go a long way around? See how I kept talking until you forgot what you even asked me? That's how you do it. You just keep talking until they can't remember even what they asked you. <laughs> no, God's Ezekiel. In Ezekiel, that's answered by God in Ezekiel. A man, a, 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 a son, or a, is not going to answer for what a dad does. And a, uh, no, a daughter's not going to answer for what a mom does. We all have to answer for our own sins. Now, I'm, gonna, I'm telling you all that, and I can't find it. In, if that's in Ezekiel. That's such a dumb question. I might let Wade answer it. Wade, answer that one for me, please. No, that's a. Uh, um, Ezekiel chapter 3 is some of that. But uh, it's not exactly what I'm thinking about. But it's about the warning. Ezekiel chapter 3 verse verse 18. It's about the watchman. When I say unto the wicked, thou shalt surely die. The wicked shall surely die. And thou givest him not warning. Nor speakest to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life. The same wicked man shall die in his iniquity. But his blood will I require thine hand. This is all about... You know, warning somebody about uh, going to hell. Yet if thou warn the wicked, and he turn not from his wicked, nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity. But thou hast delivered thy soul. Again, when a righteous man doth turn from his righteousness and commit iniquity, I lay a stumbling block for him, and he shall die. So all that stuff's relating to uh, Old Testament salvation of works. But it's talking about some of that. Now I wish I could find. I, I, I don't have it off the top of my head. But in Ezekiel, every man is going to have to answer for his own sin, and God's real specific about that. And I wish I could find it, but I have to get that. I have to get that to you. I have it underlined somewhere in here, but wait, you don't know where that's at, do you, brother? Yeah, I have to get that to you, but. Uh... Yeah, we're all going to answer for our own sins. And and we know in Romans chapter 14, that verse would work. Romans chapter 14, in closing, let me see, let me give you that one. Uh, Romans chapter 14, verse 12, so then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Every one of us, separately. So you don't have to answer for your own sin. You You don't have to answer for your dad's sin or your mom's sins. You have to answer for your own sins. Every one of us shall give account of himself to God. But there's a verse in Ezekiel, verses, that just specifically speak to that, what you're asking me. And the question was, is a, is a, you know, about a son or a man have to answer for their sins. Remember when, And I, I, I don't want to waste any more time than I'm trying to look for the verse, but you remember when they asked Jesus Christ when this man was blind? Yeah, right here, John chapter, thank you Lord. John chapter 9, verse 1. John chapter 9 verse 1. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, said, Master, who did this sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Like, who sinned? What sin happened that was his mom and dad, did they sin? Is that why he was born blind? And we ask that question, right? We see some evil happen to somebody, and we think, oh, they must have done something. That's why evil came on them, right? That's what the disciples asked. And Jesus answered, neither hath this man sinned nor his parents but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. that God got to get the glory. Why did that sin happen, Lord? Well, his, his parents didn't sin, and he didn't sin. It's just that, so God would get the glory. Fanny Crosby was born blind. Her parents must have thought that was the worst thing that ever happened to them. Oh, our daughter's born blind. How horrible. Fanny Crosby wrote so many wonderful songs about Jesus Christ, we sang one of them tonight. Blessed assurance. We sung, that's written by Fanny Crosby, blind from birth. That was evil. If a child is born evil, that's, uh, born blind, most people say that's evil. Why did God bring her that evil on that poor child? Well, God got the glory out of it in the end. Amen. Amen. To the point where she said, I'm glad I wasn't born with sight. That was her words. Because she said, you know why she said she was glad she wasn't born with sight? Because when, when, when the first thing I'm going to get to see is the face of my Lord Jesus Christ. When I get to heaven and I can see, the first face I'll get to see is the face of my Lord Jesus Christ. Now that's a real Christian. That's a Christianity that a lot of us don't understand. Real Christianity that built this country. Fanny Crosby. Alright, guys. Y'all, y'all went kind of light on me and I appreciate it. God bless y'all for that. <laughs> for not hammering me. And and brother brother Gary, I'll get you that answer next week. I got the answer here, if you want them tonight. Good, <laughs> yeah, it's all, it's all, pro, I'll show you the. I'll show it to you, some of it, brother, but if you'll be patient, we'll get to it next Wednesday. Lord, thank you for this, uh, this study, Lord God. I pray your Holy Spirit, Lord God, led us, Father and guided us, Lord. And I do pray, Father, if I said something that wasn't uh, what you wanted to be said, Lord God, I, fall, I pray, Father, it fell on deaf ears, Lord God, but, uh, Lord, I pray, Father, this stuff will stick, Lord, give us some wisdom, Lord God, help us to remember this stuff, Lord God, if we have any people that we know, Lord God, that ask us these questions about you, Lord, that we'll be able to answer them, Lord, and be able to uh, turn them to a, a page in the Bible, Lord God, and show it to them, and, Lord, I pray, Father, that you would uh, answer any questions that somebody has, Lord God, if they're an honest seeker, they're honestly seeking, Lord God, I pray, Father, you'd get them the truth, because we know the truths will set them free, Lord, we know in the end that really Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Lord, we thank you for his uh, precious blood that saved us and keeps us. In Jesus Christ's holy name I pray, amen.